0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm back from New York. It was a hell of a trip. It was a lot of fun, a lot of stand up comedy, a lot of schmodown, down, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But today we're going to be talking about so much. We're gonna talk about James Bond. How did that do in the box office? Many Saints in Newark was a massive hit for HBO Max, by the way. Um, the first look. As you see in the thumbnail of Timothy Chalamet as Wonka, Resident Evil, so much news. And I thought, hey, I'll go through some stuff, read it, talk about it, talk about it with you guys, and see what you thought. And at the end of the show, I'm going to end it with a couple of your questions. I went to my Facebook page and I posted, hey, send me some questions and I'll put them on the show today. And that's exactly what you did. So. Let's get into it today. We have so many stories to talk about on The Big Thing. Thank you guys for joining us. Let's get moving. Welcome back, one and all, to The Big Thing. It's me, Christian Harlow. Going to have a lot of fun this week, man. Last week was fun, too, for Big Thing listeners or viewers people love that Naveed episode Naveed's a lot of fun to talk to been friends with Naveed for a long time so having him come on and talk about the business he's always going to give you a lot of fun stories and that's going to happen again for sure we we started the Spider-Man rewatch with myself Winston and Koi That, of course, dropped on Friday. People enjoyed that. The nuttiness that was myself and Steph and Kate, that will happen again. Kate and, uh, excuse me, Steph and Brett are going to be on the show on Wednesday. And then Friday, we're doing Spider-Man 2 with myself, Winston, and Coy. And then on Monday, Ellis is going to be on. So we're ready. Booking all these things and having these these shows. You guys have been really responding to the show. I'm very happy for that and these shows these like little one-on-ones if you will with myself and you guys has also been something you guys have been telling me anyway that you've been enjoying and we're going to get into some stories we're going there's there's stuff going on in the world of uh, of news that that a lot of stuff that dropped that I thought was very interesting and that's for if you've brand new to this format Um, I'm not going to go over every big story. because Some of it, to be honest with you guys, I don't give a shit about. But there's some stuff that came out and said, oh, that's interesting. I'd actually like to actually talk about that Um, because I'm curious about it. I think I can speak on it, and I hope that uh, that you feel the same way. So the first thing that I think that we can actually talk about, I'll just bring it up here. So we get to the, uh, where's the news? Where is the news? News is here somewhere. And there he is. It's Timothy Chalamet. And he's going to play Willy Wonka. And anytime you put someone's playing Willy Wonka, they're always met with the, but he's not Gene Wilder, right? It's a heavy, heavy crown to wear. Timothy Chalamet, this is from darkhorizons.com, the report that I'm seeing, has posted a first look of himself as a young version of eccentric chocolatier, Willy Wonka, in the upcoming Wonka movie at Warner Brothers Pictures. The film serves as a prequel to the novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and will follow the young Wonka before he set up his famous Chocolate Factory. The project is being spearheaded by Paddington 2 director, co-writer Paul King, and co-writer Simon Farnaby, with filming underway at Levinson Studios. Keegan-Michael Key, Sally Hawkins, Rowan Atkinson, Olivia Coleman, and Jim Carter, co-star. Lindy Hemming, Dark Knight, and Wonder Woman, created the costume for the film, which will hit cinemas on March 17, twenty twenty. Three, so we got a while before this movie comes out but i gotta tell you guys i think the kid looks legit i liked this casting it's chalamet always does this kind of weird thing in every movie that he's in but i, I like him a lot and i think that he's. i think he can get that goofiness and that silliness that was missing in the tim burton redo which we didn't need a redo i love the idea that it's a prequel I love the idea that it's going to move into um, the story and the and the person that we have seen. And I think that they, there's a lot of things. I mean, hell, many, many scenes in Newark just did that. And I like it. I like the picture. I think he looks good, man. I think he looks good. I think that he's got that bit of, it's it's like the young genius boy before he like really comes into his own, right? And builds the chocolate factory and figuring all the, the whole thing through. Yeah, I think this is perfect casting to be honest. I think it's absolutely perfect casting. I love the idea of Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka and the fact that it's not a remake. I'm always going to be in for that. And I think that if you guys have been I don't know, watching me long enough and I'm I'm on I, I have a there's there's some people who think I'm nuts when I talk about Back to the Future. They doesn't want it to be touched at all. And I'm I'm all for a continuation of the story that some other kid finds the uh the, the DeLorean because it's a continuation. It's not redoing the story that already worked well. And sometimes I do think that remakes work for certain movies that, you know, I mean people aren't like if there's a movie, and I know there's film purists out there, and I don't mean to step on any film purists' toes, but like if there's a movie from like 19, what's going on with this microphone, nineteen forty six, that not a lot of people or people of today's Generation is going to be checking out, and people want to make a remake because the story is really good. I'm all for it, right? Like, I don't necessarily think like Rocky needs to be remade, but that could happen one day as well. There are certain roles I don't think should be remade, need to be remade, and they still remake them sometimes. Like here's here's another reason: what this microphone can go fuck itself. It's been doing this for like the last couple of is I know, and it's been and every time it it seems like it's telling me it's okay. It stinks up the joint again. So I apologize for that, for for, 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 for the audio listeners. But remakes, sometimes when they're made, I didn't mind the Footloose remake. Craig Brewer did a Footloose remake, and I thought it's a pretty good remake. Was it necessary? I don't think so. But you always have the original. That's the other thing, right? But it's a moot point because this is not a remake. This is a prequel. Leading into it. And I like the ideas of the prequel, but the we've been doing the, the Sith Council, the the rewatches for Star Wars, and Hell Solo is a prequel, right? Of And you may or may not know. I'm sure that you do. Know my thoughts on that movie. Do I think it's a bad movie? No. Um, is it a movie that uh, I I feel that Tony Soprano, to me, in many scenes in Newark, absolutely, and not just because it's James Gandolfini's child, but the fact that... It, I thought Michael Gandolfini did such a great job of establishing that innocence of what Tony Soprano was. But he's not the guy we know yet. But you can see him in there. He's in there. And not feel that in solo. So I want to make sure when I'm going into this that is that the guy? And I think that this is, you know, this is a. They wanted us to feel like it's going to lead into what Gene Wilder was. So I'm. Uh, I think he can do it. I think mean, it's great casting. This kid's very talented. He's been acting up a storm. I can't wait to see Dune. So, I'm into it. What about you guys? You like the idea of this uh, of this movie, 2023? Great cast, by the way, that's surrounding him. It's a great cast. Really like that cast a lot. So, Timothy Chalamet. What do you guys think? Are you guys, you guys into it? No, not so much. Tell me what you think. Very curious. All right. Bond came out over the, um, whenever the hell it was. When did it come out? Oh, this past weekend, right? And there he is. So, No Time to Die comes out and it does 55 million, 56 million. Marvel-inspired films like Shang-Chi and Venom have overperformed in recent weeks. It looks like the blockbusters outside of the comic book genre are facing a tougher battle. The much-hyped James Bond film No Time to Die hit the North American box office this weekend and pulled in an estimated uh, opening of $56 million. Once again, this is from Dark Horizons. That's the fifth-best domestic opening of the pandemic era, but it comes in shy of the early projections of $60 million or 4 million off the projection, uh, or higher that were thrown out last week after the film's strong performance in Europe. It's also down from the 88 million of Skyfall, okay, but Skyfall was when there was no pandemic, the 70 million of Spectre, and the 67.5 million of Quantum of Solace. Slight shortfall is being seen as due to limited sessions Okay, by the film's 163-minute runtime. That's definitely a factor. And the Bond franchise skewing de- uh, decidedly older than the Marvel films. Also fact. Bond's audience was 36% off 45 compared to Venom's 9%. Audiences over 35, especially women, are proving hard to lure back to the cinemas and aren't nearly back to pre-pandemic levels yet. That's the biggest one, I think. Bond. Has always earned more of its money internationally, with U.S. domestic runs relatively tame compared to some of the other franchises. Globally, the film pulled in an astonishing 145.5 million, and it now stands at 313 million worldwide so far. So it's 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 not struggling, kids. That's without big bond markets like China and Australia, who's not, who aren't going to get it for a few weeks. Critics have been split. Tending to skew more positive by those who aren't pre-Craig uh, era Bond fans. U.S. critics also seem to be more up on this emotional Bond film than overseas critics. And Venom opened to a pandemic-era best of ninety last weekend, but fell big by sixty-five percent to thirty-two million in its second outing. Still, it has a strong domestic total of one hundred forty-one million so far. The Adams Family two came in third with ten million, and Shang Chi, Shang Chi, excuse me, crossed the four hundred million worldwide. And Dune is at 117 million so far from a limited international opening. It hasn't hit the U.S. yet, but okay, lot to take in there. The first being, you know, with Bond, yeah, it's it. They said it inside the report. It's it. It has always been an international movie. It's played for an international audience, uh, an older audience, and it what it came in four million under the projection. To chrono- quote the when Saturday Night Live was decent. So what? Who cares? Because look what it it made made that up, and and it hasn't even hit in China yet. Movie's going to crush. It's the last Craig one. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I haven't chance to see anything. Especially, it's been harder for me to see things in general lately. But um, with the trip to New York, I didn't get to see it at all. But very curious about it. Very excited about it. I did a reaction to the trailer when it dropped, and I really am um, am pumped up to see how it ends for Daniel Craig inside of this. I, I never minded when they switch up the character a little bit. It started off with him darker than we had seen him in the past, and he kind of progressed into the classic Bond, and so he's a little more emotional, and they changed it up a little bit. I, I, I don't I don't care. I, if it's good, it's good, and I want to see how the movie plays out, but it's a good number. I think it's a pretty good number. You guys think that it's over for Bond? I'm sure no, nobody's going to say yes to that, but maybe you do. Should it be over for Bond? What do you think? That's something I want to make sure that everybody is doing on this episode is if you're here in the YouTube comments, um, any one of these stories that I talk about today, I want to make sure that you guys are chiming in because this is where I think that if you've been commenting on this channel, then you realize that I've been responding to everyone. I spent like three hours yesterday just uh, on the plane responding to everybody, talking to everybody. I think it's, it's a lot of fun. I think it connects back to community i think that people lose sight of community sometimes and why youtube was started in general for community so please leave your thoughts of what you think and um and speaking of thoughts don't neglect your balls everybody don't neglect your balls it's not a nice thing to do you know it's even spookier than seeing a black cat on halloween it's shaving your balls with anything other than manscaped when it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there is no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from Manscaped.com. Go over there and get 20% off of free shipping, but you got to use that code big thing. It is the worst feeling in the world to nip your nuts with something that is not worth being near your ball bag. You don't want to do it I told that story ken napsok used to use like machetes on himself and he came over and i gave him one of these uh one of the, one of these manscaped gifts the guy is very happy and i am too i love these freaking i love manscaped because if you've ever tried to trim your balls and then it turns into a freddy krueger movie the, the night on elm street that's horrendous Manscaped is here to save the day and to make sure that you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. It smells delicious. I took some of it with me to, uh, to New York. The ladies love their signature scent and it'll scare away the vampires. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you're going to find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon and the werewolf is going to be in your pants howling to get out you gotta tackle that problem with the lawnmower 4.0. The weed whacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer that I use every day, and if I wasn't on the air right now, I'd be using it. And it provides prepar- per- uh, preparatory skin safe, which is a great technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate ho- in, those, in delicate holes. Recovering from my uh, my long weekend, if you can tell, I definitely took my manscape stuff with me. If you're looking like Wolverine, you haven't cut your nails recently, get the nail kit. This year's 2.0. They have a bunch of other life-changing products on their website, so go check it out. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code, bigthing, at manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code, bigthing, at manscaped.com. Say trick-or-treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. People love Manscaped, and they should. And people know that we've been with manscaped since scn and we we rave about them we will continue to rave about them Let's see what else we got going on in the news a lot of stories man a lot of stories going on in uh in in the news which was great i was looking for stories this morning and i was like okay what what can we can we talk about is there going to be a lot of stuff and boy was there ever i just mentioned those two stories and there were some other ones that that popped for me they had the uh the first photo and poster for scream five which was for some reason, calling itself Scream. Um, Why? Where the hell is it? It's somewhere. Is that it? No. I'll find it for you. Hold on a second. Is that it? No. Nope. no, oh, That's that silly Resident Evil thing we'll talk about in a second. I thought I had it. Did I not bring it in here? I did. I know that I had this here. We'll bring it back up in a second. But they had Scream and the poster, and here it is. Boop it's pretty, pretty legendary, pretty simple. Scream. Scream 5. This is what they should have called it. They should put a 5 for, these, for the S. Scream 5. First poster of Paramount Pictures. Has debuted both the first photo and the poster for Scream. The fifth entry in the horror comedy franchise that began back with Wes Craven's 1996 original. The material arrives ahead of the new film's trailer, there's a trailer come out tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll react to that one for sure. The 2022 sequel reunites surviving members of the original cast: Nev Campbell, she's going to eat it; Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, along with Scream 4's Marley Shelton, along with some of the newcomers to the franchise, which include Jenna Ortega as Tara, Melissa Barrera as Sam, Jack Quaid as Richie, Jasmine Sapphire Brown as Mindy, Mikey Madison as Amber. There's a lot of people in this. Okay, ready or not, directors. I like Ready or Not, Matt bellini and and uh Tyler helm the new entry which will open up on January 14th. always felt like it's changed up especially with the way the world's been the last 2 years but the uh Jan- January I always used to call like the toilet bowl of movies, they used to like dump things there in their bad horror movies. I, I don't think that's the case right now especially with the things have changed with re- release on streaming. Um it was very different when there was no streaming, but and especially Scream is going to do well, at one point or another anyway, but let's start with the fact that it's called Scream. It's 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 always a meta franchise in general. There's always meta stuff that are happening, whether it's a movie instead of a movie or whatever it might be. So it, this is going to play back into it somehow. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Nev Campbell gets Drew Barrymore and she's gone within like the first, you know, five or ten minutes if she's the opening scene. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. Um, and that's the big story, is that they you know they take her out. That's what that's what I would guess. I would at least wouldn't be surprised. I don't think she's going to wind up showing up the whole the entire time. Who knows though? I think they're opening up. What they're probably hoping for is that the new cast kind of resonates with fans. People really enjoy them, and then we start a whole new franchise again. I remember Scream Four not being people liked it. I. I remember seeing it once and never want to see it again. I thought it was too goofy from what I remember. But um, but it's weird, though, because Scream, to me, is one of those franchises similar to, like, Die Hard and Terminator and all these other movies that, even if they're bad entries, I'm always curious to see if they're going to pull off the next one because I loved the first movie. I loved the first movie. The first movie was so fun. I didn't mind the second one. I, I don't... They start to all blend in together, to be honest. But um, the first one was just so it was just so different and it was so new. And I remember people raving about the movie, and it was just become like this massive hit. And people telling you, you got to go see it in the theater, you got to see it. And I and I remember seeing it and really um, and buying all the hype for it. And so I see why it became a franchise, and it's got the, you know the iconic mask, a ghost face, and everything that they have. So it'll be fun to see. I think it's a fun January movie. And I think it'll be it's um I'm curious to see what the trailer's like. So we'll find out tomorrow I think why they're calling it Scream. Maybe that's why they can shut everybody up like before. I saw everybody tweeting out about it of why you shouldn't call it Scream, it's too confusing, this and that. Um I'm going to I happen to be in that camp and agree, but I don't want to really publicly say anything about it yet. Um I guess I just did. But uh because if they explain why in the trailer, you know, not that not that, that matters because you have, then you have to see the trailer. So it could confuse people if they just see Scream and they go, oh, they're re releasing it. Because I think that's the problem. I think some people are going to think it's re released. But, you know, word of mouth should carry it that this is a new Scream movie. Either way, looks all right to me. And there he is. There's Ghostface. What's the next one we should talk about? Oh, I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the um, Many Saints of Newark. We're talking about. You know the HBO Max thing, and Newark, Newark, many scenes in Newark was a massive hit because everybody was talking about how it didn't do very well and like why it was a failure and all this kind of stuff. It's like there was no way this movie was going to make money in the theaters. There was no way, there was no way because the the show was released and it was the biggest television show like of all time, and it was you, it was on an HBO, and it's you you automatically just connect it to television you don't think of it as a movie you think of it as television and then even watching it and i it's funny i was talking to josh horowitz i got to meet him for the first time and he's talking he had, he had david chase on his show He was talking to him. i mean there aren't a lot of people that josh horowitz does not have on his show if you haven't checked out his podcast you should he's a really cool guy too man got a chance to chat with him in person i'm a big fan of josh horowitz but um but anyway he talked about to, to david chase because we got into a conversation briefly about many saints and both said how we liked the movie, but we both agreed, you know, I said, well, I said it should be a miniseries. He goes, don't tell David Chase that. He's very adamant about making movies. And I get it. Something he's always wanted to do. is it's a bit ironic, too, considering the guy who just kind of revolutionized television doesn't want to go back to television. I think that we're going to be, I hate to say it like this, but I think we're stuck with movies and if we're inside of this universe. I still think a Tony Soprano miniseries of how he becomes... The Tony that we know is a much better way to do it, but what do I know over David Chase? Um, But Warner Media's experiment this year of a simultaneous theatrical and day and date strategy has apparently been pretty consistent with its results, according to both statements from the studio and third-party analytics. This is the whole conversation Naveed and I were having the other day. Namely, the releases that have done their best in their theatrical run have been Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat. They've also done the best on HBO Max. While the ones that underperformed in cinemas also underperformed on streaming, an exception to the rule appears to have arisen with last weekend's "The Many Saints of Newark. The prequel film to the Sopranos performed poorly at the domestic box office, earning only 4.6 million in its opening weekend. okay that's not good, it's really bad. According to Warner's Metrics though, the film's streaming viewership was through the roof with the movie not just just the top performing title on HBO Max, but also scoring more than triple the audience of the next. That's what I'm saying. It's, an, it's, a, it's a television show. You'll want to see the next episode on TV. The film also reportedly outperformed other recent Warner releases in its budget, including Reminiscence and Cry Macho. In addition, it, it had the knock on effect of raising viewership for the now nearly 15 year old The Sopranos breaking HBO records for the weekly viewing of a series and nabbing the highest daily viewership in service history last Sunday. Viewing of the series rose 65% in week-over-week week viewing as many saints become available. Okay. I, I just feel, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know David Chase. So I, I would assume from, from every interview, everything I've seen, he seems pretty George Lucas stubborn But I beg of people to convince this genius man to make a mini series of this stuff. Even if it's just eight episodes, make an eight hour movie, make an eight hour movie and cut it. You, I I know he's adamant about making movies. This, this. This stat should prove people want more Sopranos television. It annihilated records, annihilated records. It was massive. It was a massive hit. So anyone who's saying, "Oh, it was a bomb," wrong. Does it does it surprise me at all that it tanked at the box office? No, it's the throwaway to that as well. Sex and the City didn't do. Bad sex and the-, the City did pretty well. Sex and the City did good, and so did um, Entourage. I think did okay, but different times. Very different times when those movies came out. There were no streaming. There was none of this stuff. There was. Very different times. And with the amount of money that HBO Max and all these streaming services are going to do, I, like, and I know David Chase already has his deal, but man, I am hoping and crossing my fingers that we can get that miniseries. Because look at those. Those numbers were, there's no joke, those numbers that we just heard. I mean, and the fact that it brought everybody back to the Sopranos and people are watching the Sopranos again and going through it. And and it's up astronomically at the moment. People can't, I'm I'm still watching. I'm almost done with the last season. Um, we got like four episodes left, but yeah, man. And then I think everybody's going to want to see Michael Gandolfini back. I have a, if you haven't seen the review of it, you can, you can check it out. Um, and if you didn't, I basically said that I, what I'm telling you guys now, there is a lot inside of this movie that I really like. I, I've seen a lot of comments. I don't necessarily agree with any of them that say that this is trash. It's horrible. It's it's jammed in. There's a lot jammed in there. And for people who are saying, well, it's not even about Tony Soprano. I find that to be wrong. Because David Chase was on people. Someone sent me that um, earlier asked me a question if, if i had an opportunity to to see the talking sopranos episode with many saints and i did um and i watched the david chase interview i watched all that um but he was mad at hbo because their first trailer was marketing it as a straight up tony soprano prequel so he he said is that's not that's not what the movie's about but they tell you that that that's not what the movie's about from the title of the film the title of the film is many saints and i'm pretty sure that's what multisante means and it's about uh, about Dicky Maldasanti. It's I think that I think they could have done 8 to 10 episodes inside of this as a mini series. Built it up tremendously. Turned it into this little mini series and then a second mini series of young Tony and done like two two seasons of this thing. But alas, didn't happen that way. David Chase said he's very interested in doing another movie. And, and I said the same thing that uh, I, think in my, I think in my review that I'll say now. I'm not going to complain that they do a young Tony Soprano movie. I'll watch it. And HBO Max now is going to want to do that. They'll probably have to make the deal with David Chase that they're going to have to put it in theaters with the, knowing that they're going to have to take the hit that the movie's not going to do very well in theaters. Um, I just think that he's always wanted to make films. He's always wanted to make movies. I think he's old school. And like I... A lot of people, a lot of my friends are so old school still, like where you guys, again, will know me or not know me if you stumbled upon this show, but like I've, I started in this business in this, the YouTube space and and all that talking about movies and Bill Schmo's talking about movies and always been a movie guy and TV to me has surpassed storytelling inside of movies. There are some movies that absolutely just work for movies and should just be movies, but I think storytelling is better in television because you just get to spend more time with them. My problem with television back in the day was that they just it just looked cheesier, and you didn't you couldn't suspend disbelief as much because they, you couldn't put the budgets in them. That's changed. Streaming has changed that. The Sopranos changed that. They started to change that, and I think that David Chase is still in that old school kind of television mind, where that that movies is a superior medium. I don't believe it is. A lot of people do. I know a lot of you guys who are watching right now or listening right now feel the way David Chase does that that movies is the superior medium. Um and I get it. I get it. That's where that's where, you know, the you just you've had those experiences in movies and there's just something magical about movies that I'm not trying to take away from anybody, but I just I, I get more invested in certain television shows now. Like I was like obviously I was used Star Wars as an example, but I'm way more invested in the Mandalorian that I was in any of the new movies on the uh, the new trilogy right and that's also because they just had more time so I'm hoping hoping that there's a miracle and they announce some kind of mini series I don't see it happening at all but I do think because of these numbers we might get that young Tony prequel and we'll see these kind of numbers again for sure uh, all right the other thing I wanted to mention to you guys talking about horror talking about Halloween. Talking about all this stuff. I'm very excited to announce that we've been working with Shudder. It's pretty great. Summer's gone. It's starting to get cool. It's a chillin' here. And spooky season has arrived. So everybody wants to watch scary movies, and there's no place better to watch horror movies than Shudder. Bibiani loves Shudder. He was the first person actually. Him and Clark Wolf told me about Shudder. They kicked off its annual 61 Days of Halloween, which is a two-month supersized celebration full of new movies and series, like a new season of Creepshow and VHS-94, the brand new installment in the Acclaimed Found Footage Anthology franchise. That's just the start of Shudder's unbeatable Halloween lineup. There are new specials from Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs, a new season of the Boulet Brothers' Uh, Dragula, their new docu-series Behind the Monsters on the origins and pop culture dominance of your favorite modern movie, Monsters. And there's so much more. Here's some of the stuff that they have there if you want to go and check out. It's uh, People are always looking for horror movies, where to find them, especially during this time. They got Slasher, Flesh and Blood. They have the season finale, which is on, um, it just was on September 16th. Carrie, Superhost, Martyrs Lane, Creep Show Season 3. A virus 40th anniversary, very scary, very special, special. Seance, VHS 94, Joe Bob's Halloween, Hoedown, The Medium, The Belay Brothers, Dragula, Behind the Monsters, Horror Noir. It's a lot of great stuff here. So if you want to know a little bit about Shudder, you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment, they are basically the Netflix of horror, which is a great premise and a smart premise, and they've been doing it for a bit. Stream the unexpected on all your favorite devices, whether it's your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast. list goes on and on. You'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices, Roku, Android. And Shudder has a unique collection of exclusive and original film series and horror classics and blockbuster hits. So if you want to try Shutter for the for, for the free for the first 30 days you go to shutter.com and use promo code bigthing s h u d d e r use that code bigthing We are going to you'll see the the you'll see the link inside of the show notes here for sure So if you're I'm telling you, if, if for all horrors, you gotta you gotta check it out because, as you know, for me, I gotta watch really like there's so, there's from. Ellis is always like, oh, Christian doesn't like horror movies. Not the case. I like good horror films. I like ones that are different. I like ones that are unique. I like um I like smart ones. Well, Shutter's got all of them. They got everything that you want. If you like slasher films, if you like the stuff that I like, you like they have it. And that's when I started. And I, like I said, it was Clark Wolf and uh, and Bibbs told me about it. I checked it out, and I am very smart on what they do. They have a very extensive international library. They have a range of genres, and they have uh, all types of movies, old classics, modern favorites. they got it all. So check it out. Make sure you check out Shudder. We're very excited to be working with Shudder. So, yeah, check them out. Do it. Okay, a couple more stories. I'm going to get some of your questions in a second as well. Two of the other uh what what else was it? So obviously that one, that was a good one. There's eh Batea Doo. Talk about Eternals, let's talk about Eternals. Let's talk about Eternals. There's something else that came out about Eternals today. They're going oh yeah, the uh, tickets just went on sale. They're gearing up for this one to be massive. I went on uh sale this morning, just over three weeks out from the film's release. Chloe Zhao recently spoke to Fandango about her approach to shooting the movie. She used as little green screen as possible, which I really like, and shot on location where people make the film feel real and grounded, yet I'm already loving everything about this movie. I'm loving this. In this interview, she reveals that she's bringing her signature, immersed long takes into play so we can expect the length of the film's shots to run far longer than the MCU standard. The film must, this is a quote from Chloe, The film must feel immersive enough for the audience to believe that these superhero characters have walked the earth for 7,000 years. So in order to do that, there's what I like to call an anthropological way of capturing things. The cameras are very grounded and the movements are very natural. Shots are longer. We use wide-angle lenses and deep focus. It's about giving the audience the space and the time to be able to explore what's within the frame and therefore come to their own conclusion of the relationship between the characters and the space that they're in. We definitely linger with the camera, both in action sequences. And if someone's walking, walking through a village or in space with the celestials, we always try to see how long we can hold before we have to cut. When you have unlimited tools, it was very important to set limitations. So for us, we set the language up and we followed it strictly. And part of that for us is to try to linger in every type of scene as much as possible for a film like this. Eternals unfolds the after events of Avengers Endgame as a group of powerful immortals come together to stop the alien race known as the Deviants. The interview confirms the film clocks in around 150 minutes. Wow. And will include two post-credit scenes. Eternals opens up exclusively in theaters November 5th. Uh, this could be... Th- th- this, this... This movie is this. This really speaking my language. Everything about it, from the fantasy elements, length of it, the way they're shooting it. I'm hoping that they do this. Was this is part of the conversation that Naveed had the other the other day? I'm hoping that more directors are going to start doing this because I saw and I and we'll I guess we'll talk about it in a second too. I have that I have the Resident Evil thing and one of my I think that the kind of killing two birds with one stone here, but I think the Resident Evil trailer looks pretty good it reminds me of playing a game playing that game back in the day and it seems more you guys tell me for the gamers and resident evil fans but it seems more like um true to the original story could be wrong but i'm pretty from what i remember and it's got more of that kind of classic kind of horror film a little more simple my problem with the trailer was that the it looked a little Some of it looked too CGI, like CGI dog, and the same thing, the same alien face that we've seen a million times over from every freaking alien. It looks the same. It may not even be an alien. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't remember. But it looks the same as the as everything. Um, but the classic way of shooting and doing what Hoizao is doing, that's the way to really change up and like I She is just such a great filmmaker and I'm so curious to see what she does in this big budget setting. But the fact that they're letting her do her thing and they're letting her basically use this big budget to make like the biggest independent film of all time, as far as budget was, um, as far as independent looking film, be very clear on that. But the long shots and all that, and the fact that it's long and the fact that they're not cutting her down, Like, why would you right now, especially with everything that she's done in her career already? Um, But, man, I'm looking forward to this movie. I'm looking forward to this movie. I want to see how it plays, pans out in the way that things have been moving around so far with these other movies. People ask me, Black Widow started it, um, haven't finished it yet. And I was wondering, why haven't I I finished it yet? I think it's okay. I don't think it's that great yet. Um, But I got to finish it i gotta finish it i just i was very tired when i watched it also but this movie though man i'm on board can't wait to see it can't wait to see what she does with it and um yeah i'm uh i I can't wait for this one shang chi i haven't seen yet but i'm gonna watch that one as well probably before i see this uh yeah what do you guys feel about eternals excited for it want to see it you like this do you think that maybe these long shots It it's not uh they should cut it down to two hours. Hard to say. I haven't seen the movie, but curious what you think. Go ahead and um and throw your comments in there. But Yeah. I love the feel. Look at this look at this just the look of it. The villages and the background, you have the futuristic kind of uh uniforms that they have on. Uh I'm pumped. I'm really pumped for this. What else did we miss? We miss anything else? There's some there's some other stuff that I'm, that I had in here. Got this one. That's screen. We did that one. Didn't work? All right. So what else? Wonka we covered. Oh, there he is. Like this. This Resident Evil. It's just every everything looks the same. I don't know. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the original design from the game. I don't know. You guys can tell me. But I don't care. Uh, Nolan. Okay, I'm going to talk about Nolan. Then we're going to move on to your questions. Christopher Nolan... Is now was was he talking to Universal? I think that they said. He said he's talking to Uni. That's exactly where I saw that because he's he's ready. He's ready. He, he's out. He he left Warner Brothers. Pretty public, not pretty. Um, so oh, this is okay. Oppenheimer film set for July twenty twenty three. His next film has scored the title of Oppenheimer. Set Killian Murphy as its lead and now has locked in a July 21st, 2023 release date. Universal Pictures won the feature after a heated bidding war. Will release the film worldwide in that late July slot, which Nolan has favored for years now with his various Warner Brothers films. Murphy's going to star scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer, the American theoretical f- physicist and wartime head of the Los Alamos Laboratory. He's credited as being the father of the atomic bomb for his role among many in the Manhattan Project. The epic thriller was also penned by Nolan, who will produce alongside Emma Thomas and, Charlie, and Charles Roven. Nolan based the script on Kai Bird uh, and the late Martin J. Sherwin's Pulitzer Prize winning book, American Prometheus. The Film's going to pre- pre- begin production in early 2022 and it's being shot by cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytima on a combination of IMAX 65mm and 65mm large format film. Also on board are Jennifer Lane as the editor and Ludwig Göransson as the score composer. A lot to take in there too. Um, I think this movie sounds intriguing. I think that when you look at the research that Nolan has put into all of his films and it's always the stuff that interests him, this movie is going to be fantastic. This movie is going to be detailed. This movie is going to be intense. I think it's probably part of the deal that has to come out in summer. He loves putting things out in summer. I don't know why this movie's a summer movie. This movie does not sound like a summer film to me. This movie sounds like a, like a potential Oscar movie. He's trying to always get those Oscar noms during the summer. I think that's one of his goals, with things he's tried to do. Um, Inception, I understand why that was a summer movie, uh, of why they wanted to do all, all his movies, where they come out in the summertime. But this reminds me of, like, Cinderella Man. not the Not the... Story itself, but the fact that Cinderella Man, that movie comes out later in the year. I think it because anybody who talks about Cinderella Man talks about how great that movie is it's bombed in the theater. It's not a, not, a, not a movie people are seeing in the summertime. It does go back to the fact of the thing that I've repeated many times over: there are very there are a few directors who are the stars of the movies, and it doesn't matter what the movie is. Tarantino, um, Nolan is 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 one of them, if not you know, the top. When you hear a Nolan movie is coming out, it doesn't really matter what it is. You want to see it. So, I don't know. Summertime. Again, I haven't seen the trailer. Don't know how big it is, but I just don't know if that's the one, you know, we were just talking about the younger audience inside of Bond, right? Like, is the young audience going to be rushed? Because that's who's coming out to see a lot of the summer movies. Are they going to be rushing out to see Oppenheimer? I don't think so but i'm assuming that's part of the deal that came with that bidding war that if you get this movie you got to release it in summertime and that's probably what universal had to do but it's also probably you know you get a deal and you make nolan happy that means he's going to keep making movies for you so um i'm gonna see it i love nolan movies i just i'm just always curious about the strategy to put a movie like that in the summertime especially now he's i mean he's another he's a he's a kind of stubborn filmmaker you saw everything that went down the movie last year you know he is just he there's i think he's got to bend with the times a little bit he doesn't seem to have been doing that i know how how much he 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 hates streaming and stuff so um yeah i just think that and i know he's one and there's a lot of other filmmakers out there that just want you to see their movies in the theaters and that's it but as we just went through again with that, with that Soprano story, that people like to see things in their comfort of their own home now. It's convenient. You don't have to go to the movies to see it. You don't have to spend the money on it because you're spending so much with streaming. There's certain movies that they're going to spend the money to go see and you might just have to realize, like these people, when they put their feet down and they start saying they're taking the shots at comic book movies, and it's like, why not take shot at horror movies, or take shot at action adventure movies, or take shot at uh, you know of dramas or 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 biopics? It's a genre of film. Just because it's te- it's making more money, that's why people get pissed off. All oh, cinema's dead because no, it's not. Oh, the, people just want to watch uh, people flying around in capes, and that's why they. It's, it's silly. It's for children. You're an idiot, Bill Maher. Shut your face. It's stupid. There's a place at the table for everyone, but the table just happens to be in another room here. It's in the streaming room, and there are there are going to be certain. Like, I think that number for Bond is good. It's just that the audience that's going out to see, you know, looking at it like a band, right? There's certain bands. Let me pull. Certain audiences at venues, and you're like, that's a good audience. And then you get band. You, Taylor Swift that's going to sell out massive stadiums, do all this And You might not be a Taylor Swift fan, but she's going to sell out the biggest stadiums across the world because her fan base is rabid. And that's what DC and MCU and Star Wars, that's what they have. they have. They're a big band that they can sell out all over the world, and people are going to see them. It's not a matter of, no, cinema's dead. You're just not a fan of that band. And when your band goes and go support your band when they're out in the theater, it doesn't mean everyone else is going to support that band, but they might watch your band on TV because they have access to it now. So um, anyway, that's, that's how I see all that going. With Nolan, I'm going to watch his movie. I'll see it in the theater at that point. You know, I, I like watching his movies in the theater, but I just don't think there should be expectations that everyone's going to. But Universal, they, they made out big by getting them, nonetheless. And one last thing before we get to your questions. i got a ton of questions I want to get to. The other thing that I just recently got into is this FitBot, man. Yeah. And Alex Marzoni was very excited. I mean, I've been using him since 2018. Just got FitBot. And you guys know I've been talking about how I, I lost a ton of weight, got myself um, trying, to, trying to be more healthy. And then I heard that FitBot was interested in coming on in. And I was like, you know what? It adds to my lifestyle at the moment. So I wanted to, I wanted to hear more about them. Because like with exercise, you, it can get dull. It, it, call it what it is, it can get dull. Because if you keep repeating the same exercises, it, it, you can lose sight of your progress and it just, it just kind of kills your motivation. You don't get stuck doing the same workouts. You've got to make progress towards the future. And in order to do that, you've got to overcome new challenges. With FitBod does is that they create a fitness program. They send it to you on the phone and let you know what to do. And it continually adapts with new exercises and a dynamic intensity that adjusts to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. So perfection, trying to become perfect and trying to get those perfect, it, just never, it doesn't always happen. But you can always get to a higher level to strive for that, to look different. Especially when it comes to fitness. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve. But when we do it, we become a better version of ourselves. No workout is one size fits all. What Fitbod does is creates a fitness program that continually adapts, it's gonna adapt to you. You stay challenged with those new exercises. So I love that I can pick workouts that are tailored to like I I'm doing a lot of stuff as far as in in my office and I want to be like stuff that I need is the equipment that I have in my in my house and and the goals that I want the app has clear and very easy to follow instructions and it, it's great because it also balances their different uh muscle groups so you're fully recovered by the time the next workout starts and so I definitely feel uh, since I've only been using it for the last like week and a half two weeks and I already Feel better, feel stronger, faster. And I, I, I normally do get bored of workout routines very quick. But it keeps things fresh. It sends you new stuff. And I feel like, oh, this is cool. Let me try this one now. It's like a new, like a new thing that they, like, suggest. It's pretty great. So it's not always going to be easy for everyone. And it always looks different for everyone, too. Like, what you can do, what you're comfortable with. And they create that based on your unique body experience, uh, your experience, and your environment. What they do is the algorithm uses data and alan, uh, al, analytics excuse me, to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. If you don't have any equipment in your place, don't worry about that because FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. It's very easy to use and it even has HD video tutorials to make exercise a breeze. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but Fitbod is only $9.99 a month. It's really cheap, and $59.99 a year. Sign up now, and you're going to get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with Fitbod today, and your future self will thank you. So, if you want to get 25% off a of membership, go to fitbodme live. That's 25% off at fitbodme live. Happy to have FitBot with us. Thank you to all our sponsors here today. And happy to have FitBot. Because I was getting that a lot in New York. They're like, oh man, you look, you look uh like you're in shape. You look thin. It's like I just feel good, feel better. It's nice seeing everybody. Thank you to everybody who came out to New York and saw myself and Mark Ellis and Ken Napsock, Jen Sturger, Corey Jandrew. Um, and big shout out to uh to to Vincent Chang. If you didn't see If you were at the shows, uh, I told Vince when he was, after the show, he was hosting both the shows on Thursday and Friday night. And I said, dude, I think you are the best host I've ever, I've really ever worked with in comedy. Like, he's just such a great host. It was a real fun show. Both the shows were fun. The first show on Thursday night, I popped in, I did like 10 minutes. And it was great because when we got there, I think it was like fifty or 60 people in the audience for that one at 60 and um and when we got there I said I don't think there's a lot of like big ding schmo down like Schmo's collider fans here at all I think this is just a comedy club crowd and I got excited let me explain it in a second don't get offended um because I knew I was going up in front of that crowd on Friday night and I knew it was going to be a pack crowd, and it was. It was 125 people or something on Friday night. Packed, sold out, couldn't move. Some of my friends from home had got kicked out because they got there too late. But the reason I say that is because I wanted to test out the stuff I was going to do the following night, that night, and see, like, well, if it works on this audience, then, because the, the audience on Friday is always going to give you a nice cushion. They're always going to say, okay, we're excited to see you, and we are going. To, we want to encourage you with the big um the big pop kind of up top, and and we're gonna we're we're rooting for you. The comedy club crowd is like you. We we paid money, you better make us laugh. And I had a really good set on Thursday night, and I, it gave me confidence. Going okay, and this stuff is uh I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have a little bit more time because I had ten minutes on Friday, and then I had like fifteen on Saturday, or or opposite Thursday and Friday. Um, but it was great, and the audience, both audiences were just phenomenal. The Schmoe down schmoes big thing audience that was there on on friday were super cool very uh, very um encouraging and nice and i got to meet a lot of the fans and then saturday night obviously we did the the schmodown in new york at the roulette was very excited about that because we were kind of stalling at one point and new york showed up wound up selling out the floor and um we knew it was going to be i mean a lot of different places even comic-con didn't sell out for god's sakes it always sells out which is nuts talking about that with saul but it was it was the first time we didn't sell it out, but we were still packed to the rim and people were uh, screaming and yelling. It was, it was phenomenal. Made a lot of new fans, which I was very happy about. That new live, that, that just that, that live feeling. I just, if there's anybody here in Big Thing that came on over from back in the day and was like, oh, I just never, I was watching, I looked at the Schmodown and I saw, you know, the digital stuff and I don't, it's just not for me. When you have an opportunity only thing I ask you, if you've ever watched this and we, you have an opportunity to come see it live. That's when I want you to make your mind up because that's what it is. That's what it is. The show is supposed to be live. It is supposed to be a live show or a studio show. It is not supposed to be me talking to someone via Zoom. Um. All right. Going to wrap the show in a second, but I want to take some questions, and I have a, a couple. First one, Danny McGinnis. What are some of your movies you consider guilty pleasures? For me, it's basketball. It's dumb as hell, but I laugh every time I see it. I mean, just, I mean, I, the same vein, Team America, I guess, but I, that's not really a guilty pleasure, I don't think. Hot Shots Part One, I don't think is a guilty pleasure. Flash Gordon, I guess, would be one of those. Rad, for sure. I know it's a, like Ed Harrell or something. That's like that's not a guilty pleasure for some people. They, they, they wouldn't be able to watch that now. I tried to show my 10-year-old that movie, and she was like, yeah, I'm good. Um, but that's, I mean, there's probably other ones that I start thinking about. I'll probably come up with, but that's, those are the ones that come to mind for sure. Jimmy Baker. How's the dude? Can we get an update? The dude's good, man. He was very excited when I got home. He was very excited when I got home. Um, and that's what you want to see. He's a, he's a really good dog. He's a puppy. He does like, he bites on shit and does he's, He's right here. I forgot that he's here. He's right here, dude. You want to come here? Come here. Say hi. I'll get the dude. Hold on. I got to try to sing. Cause he's, he's laying down. He doesn't want me to be bothered. Come here. Come here. Whoa. You want to say hi? Here he is. Here's the dude. You want to say hi? Oh, how you doing, buddy? Did you up? Uh, you tired, right? So you just yeah. You smell the mic. You're saying hi? Yeah. Are you are you cool as hell? You're pretty great. You want to do another one? Yeah. You're pretty awesome. Yeah, you're pretty great. Yeah. You, know, you you don't realize do you realize that you're talking to people right now? You want to get out of here. All right. Yeah, he's awesome. Like I said, I forgot he was in here. He's just so chill. He gets he can be a. he can be a skunk, but right now he's just chilling. The dude. Thank you for asking. He's the man. All right, let's go to the next one. Oh. That's not it. When's that coming back? That's coming back Friday. The rewatch is that's coming back on Friday. All right, next one. Gregory Engvoldop, excuse me, Doom Patrol Season 3 is partly out on HBO Max. Watching any of it. I haven't seen any of Doom Patrol yet. I heard it's great. I saw you were confused by the title of Buckaroo Bonsai and the Eighth Dimension. Have you seen it? No, uh, I have not. It's a great mid-80s science fiction fantasy movie. How about a review and a watch along? I don't know if anybody would be interested in me doing that, to be honest. I don't know. It's better than The Thing. My opinion of movies. Wow, you might have missed. I'm literally Brett's age. Has he seen it or more. I'm sure. I I hear of that title all of the time. I hear that title all the time, and I'm I'm familiar with the title, but I've never seen the movie. So, um, but no, I've never seen. I don't know if anyone's gonna really give a crap if I do a watch long on that, but I might be wrong. That's that's what we want people to 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 talk about. All right, next one. There he is. There's Big Ed. Hey, Christian, good morning. As a question, uh, how was your flight back home? Flight back home was a lot better than the flight there, I'll tell you that. It's because I took the red eye on the way in, and the way back. It was. I just worked and answered the Q&A on, on Facebook, which was fun. I responded to people on YouTube. I met a nice dude on the on the plane. It was a nice guy. He was talking about how he and his lady might come to the um, spectacular. Pretty nice. It was, it was cool. Uneventful, I hope. Thank you to Mark and the entire crew for as myself had advertised epic and awesome 3 day shmoan weekend both comedy shows our pre-show dinners the after parties and the event itself outside of selling a few more tickets i don't see how it could have gone better okay enough for me going back to bed recovering yeah i mean look besides selling out we didn't sell out but it was packed and it was so loud massive i thought that all four competitors put on a hell of a show great pre-show with Brad and uh, and and Ken it was great last one Jesse Swift I assume you probably haven't had time to watch it, but you should absolutely check out Midnight Mass. Now, I haven't checked out Midnight Mass. I haven't checked out Squid Game. I know those are the, 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 the trends at the moment that everybody's talking about, but I haven't checked either. Isn't Midnight Mass like a horror movie? You think that I'll like that? I don't know. I might. May not. I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard good things. I've heard good things. But I haven't checked it out. I haven't seen it. But um, anyway, I had a blast here today, guys. I hope you did. Make sure that you comment below if you haven't subscribed to this podcast on apple podcast spotify uh anywhere where it is found podcasts if you if you can listen to podcasts somewhere that's where you can find bing thing helps us out tremendously the reason we get sponsors like we had today and we keep getting more is because of you guys if you download these episodes you do that's how you keep us on the air That's how you keep this show going i don't do donations here i don't do Streamlabs. i don't do the robot i do exactly what you guys had asked for in the past. And that's pure conversation. It's working so far. So help me out. Help me build the show. Go on over and subscribe to the podcast feed. But I want to thank you guys once again for joining me. Make sure you check out the sponsors that I mentioned in this, this the description below. On Wednesday, I will be back here with Brett and Steph and then on Friday, not only do we have the Spider Man 2 rewatch, the rewatches for Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars starts back up again on Sith Council. So thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.